The following podcast is a live recording of a radio show first broadcast by Fresh FM with assistance from New Zealand On Air. Tenagoto, to those of you who dance like a mouse to some funky house. Hari mai, to the Paradise Delay podcast, an exploration of electronic music and mental health. Having had a bout of depression during COVID lockdown in 2020, I discovered a passion for electronic music. And since then, learning about and making electronic music has added colour to my life, and I hope to share that with you. Join us for the midweek breakdown on Fresh FM. Well, we're lucky enough today to have been sent a poem for the podcast from Christopher Luxon himself. What a pleasure. The poem is titled Clark Gayford's Egg and Mayonnaise Sandwiches and begins She doesn't know, but each Tuesday after caucus I sneak into the beehive kitchen, open the refrigerator to Jacinda's lunch in Tupperware. Clark names her food on a post-it note written in cursive. Triangular, crustless, and whole grain. Egg mayonnaise, sprinkle of chives. Stealing Jacinda's lunch is my new tax policy. Thank you for that, Christopher. Always a pleasure. Um, thanks for sending that in. Really appreciate it. Um, yeah, it's a great poem. Could use a bit of work, but you know. He kind of looks like a boiled egg himself, to be honest, but that's just my opinion. Uh, what a way to start off the podcast. Um, for those of you who don't know, I've left Sunny Nelson for the North Island. Last week, I packed my bags, said goodbye to my friends and started my way off on a new adventure for Waiheke Island. Toiling amongst rows of grapes, 20 of us work in freezing mornings and hot afternoons, stripping and wrapping grapevines. And yeah, it's, it's nice to be doing some physical work again, and good to be outside. And The perfect thing about the job is I get to wear headphones and listen to music, explore music, and also listen to other podcasts, um, which has been great. And I'm finally listening back to my podcasts, which I've been avoiding for a wee while. So you'll see me grimacing amongst the vines, uh, listening to the sound of my own voice. So after finishing the first week working in the grapevines, we decided to drive 15 minutes into town to get some dinner and watch the sunset. Uh, We're working on a vineyard that's 15 minutes from the town, uh, Waiheke town, and it's the far side of the island, so you drive a gravel dirt road all the way out, and it's quite barren out here, but it's quite nice. There's not much cell phone reception, and you really feel out in nature. It's a nice feeling, and it kind of has a similar vibe to Nelson. 
there's nature all around, there's beautiful beaches, there's beautiful views, so it's not the worst place to go to after leaving Nelson. I'm quite happy. So we drove into town and we're sitting on a beach as the stars started to emerge and we we're chowing down on some of the best fish burgers we've had in a long time. There's a great fish and chip shop in Waiheke beside the vape store. Um, highly recommend. And that night it was a full moon. <clears throat> and we had heard that there was a full moon party going on at the beach. So as the sun went down, we kept our eyes out for the usual signs, being the fire, the drums and the dancing. But the beach was deserted, uh, which was a bit confusing for us, obviously. And as night fell and the moon showed her face, we decided to pack up to leave. And it was at this time we noticed some small lights dancing across the shore. So we went to examine where the lights were heading and we climbed up a rock face with waves crashing down below. We ducked under Pudakawa trees perched on the side of the rock face. We continued climbing over the rocks under the moonlight for a while and yet there wasn't that resounding tone of the full moon party, that drum circle that can usually be heard from quite a distance. So we decided to turn back. We kind of gave up a little bit. We're like, we're tired. We've worked a full week out in the sun. Let's just leave it. And we set on back. We got to the entrance where we started climbing up. And we were met by a friendly woman with a large drum strapped to her back. And we exclaimed, you know, like, ah, okay, we were in the right place. And we said our introduction, said hello to the woman, and scrambled after her like goats along the rock face. She explained to us that usually you could walk along the beach to the full moon party spot, but the tide was unusually high today. We continued for five minutes and arrived at a small secluded cove lit by a fire on the beach. We again made our introductions to the small group sitting around the fire and took our seats within the circle. The bassy tones of the drums started and harmonized with the warbles of a didgeridoo. Many small drums then began to play, adding a staccato to the bassy rhythm. Soon a flute joined the array and skipped along with the drums, adding a soft melody over top. Staring at the fire, I let the sounds come to me. And it was really peaceful, it was super nice. Um, I had a little bit of anxiety, um, being a, in a group, a bunch of people that I didn't know, sitting in a circle, making small talk, which I'm terrible at. Um, but as the night progressed, that anxiety kind of weared away. And I started to feel peace and very grounded, just staring at the fire and listening to music. So the song ended and we all sat around the fire and fell silent. Two small dogs sniffed around the fire and greeted individuals for a belly rub. Um, sucker for dogs. <laughs> and we started chatting with some of the people and others passed around organic banana chips and food they had been roasting on the fire. It was then 
one woman got up to speak. She talked about how a pod of dolphins had stranded themselves on a beach in Waiheke this afternoon, and then proceeded to thank a few of the individuals for their help in rescuing the dolphins. She then went on to say that unfortunately a mother dolphin and its child died before enough help arrived, and she wished the souls of the dolphins well as their bodies returned to the natural world. And this was a bit interesting for me. I mean, I try to be open-minded, but I'm also quite analytical and critical at times. And it felt a bit paganistic for me, but when I really thought about what she was saying, and it was really nice what she said, especially sitting outside under the stars next to a fire. And I couldn't help but wonder... Maybe it was a full moon and the large tide that had caused the dolphins to beach themselves. But I'm not sure. Um, but I think it's so nice that the community in Waiheke banded together to save eight dolphins out of the ten. And unfortunately two died, but I mean, it could have been worse. And yeah, just what a cool group of individuals these guys were to be on hand for a situation like that and yeah it was, it was interesting and as I was thinking that the drums began again and the flames licked the wood on the fire it was a beautiful clear night and the stars shone the moon shone above the sea with reflecting light bouncing off the waves was at this moment that one of the group within the fire circle that were sitting around started howling at the moon. And a chorus joined in, and soon even the dogs were howling too. And yeah, I was feeling a little bit anxious at this point. Um, I wasn't really comfortable with howling at the moon. There was a little voice in the back of my head that was like, what would your father think of you now? <laughs> and it's it's interesting, you know, those, those kind of thoughts that hold you back. Like, I'm sure my dad would be okay with it. He's he's not a big fan of hippies, I must say. I think he's, he's secretly a hippie at heart, but he's very practical and practical-minded. And I don't know, I just found myself wondering, like, if I ended up like this group of individuals, what, what would be my dad's reaction to that? Um... But I tried to let that thought go and I let out a few little howls, you know, to join in. And yeah, there was something like primal about it, sitting around the fire, playing drums, howling at the moon. And I was just sitting there during the night and during this and during the songs and thinking about how nice it was. And I almost felt like it was too nice at some points. I felt a bit cultish in its niceness. Maybe there was something too ideological about the whole situation. Um, everyone being so nice, sharing food, playing music, big smiles on their faces, being out in nature. It was almost stressful for me to let go from the world that I've come from and everything else and really enjoy this moment. And, I mean, I said it was a bit cultish, 
But I mean, a, a cult has a leader and it has certain other principles um, that I don't think this had. This was just a gathering of very hippie people that probably don't know too much about deodorant or don't use deodorant because it blocks your pores that you're supposed to sweat out of. And that's the thing, like, I was thinking about my dad and he's into the paleo diet because it's what we used to eat uh, when we were less evolved and we spent a million years evolving with this diet and so his belief is that this diet is the best because it's what our body is used to and I was thinking, you know, maybe these hippies have a little bit of essence of that as well I mean, no deodorant and letting the hair grow and sitting around the fire howling at the moon I mean, there's nothing really as primal as that um, I didn't ask them if they were into paleo diets but to be fair, they all looked like a bunch of Neanderthals long hair, um, dreads not that I'm judging them, I think that's great um, do your thing but maybe I don't know, this group realised um, those millions of years that went into the evolution of humans and not reject the modern world but take time every month to go out and I guess open up that part of themselves that I guess was so pivotal in the evolution of humans I hope that makes sense and yeah so we're all sitting around the fire um, having a good time <clears throat> but during a song a strange silhouette appeared from the water and strode up to shore and as the light from the fire illuminated the approaching f figure it appeared to be a man with something strapped to his back and it was a woolly man as well looked like there was seaweed hanging off him he stood next to the fire in jeans dripping wet and latched onto his back was a man <laughs> it was such a bizarre scenario I couldn't believe it but this man oh my god he had the most amazing uh, moko and moldy face tattoos that I'd ever seen and not only was this tattooed man um, latched to the back of this person but on his back was his wheelchair and so what had happened is obviously this man couldn't get across the rocks and he had to um, ask the favour of this man to walk him across the rocks on his back and then place a wheelchair on his back and so it was like a three-way piggyback scenario that sounds wrong um, but yeah and so this man had walked around the rocks in the water submerged up to his nipples and brought this man across so he could join in with the full moon party and the fire circle and so this man hopped off the other man's back into the wheelchair next to the fire and the gentleman who had braved the water took off his jeans and placed them a little too close to the fire as they would catch a light later in the night um, as more newcomers arrived the fire was added to and the circle surrounded it extended to welcome the newcomers and it was then that we sat down and it was decided that we should all introduce ourselves as kind of a bonding thing and when we introduce ourselves just name something that we're passionate about 
And so we went around the circle and people introduced themselves and said the things they were passionate about, ranging from being passionate about humans to being passionate about dreams, both sleeping and awake. And I was quite nervous and I was like, come on, Ben, you do a podcast like this is fine. All you have to do is say your name and something you're passionate about. And I tried to search deep inside myself and I guess clarify to myself what exactly one thing I was passionate about. I was like, sure, I like and I'm interested in a few things, but if I had to narrow down my passion for life, what would it be? And it came around to my turn and I was quite nervous. And so I did the four by four um, breathing technique, which I actually do before I start this podcast. And it's a technique used by Navy SEALs to um, when a combat or something stressful happens, um, they breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds, and then release for four seconds. And you repeat this four times, the four by four. And what it does is it tricks your body into calming itself down, into thinking that everything's okay. So I did that, felt okay, introduced myself, and said, I'm passionate about creativity. And so this podcast is going to be about my passion of creativity, this podcast episode. Uh, But first, this is a song by Casper Marot, a song called German um Ur. And it translates to the dream of the island. This song slows down the pace from his previous previous warp speed BPM, labelled fast techno. German um Ur is still nominally techno, as made clear by its consistent metallic drum pulse and little squirrels of acid house. But there's world music, jammy improv, groovy ambient music, and swinging Latin jazz rhythms in there too, all stirring in the pot. Instead of hitting you over the head with a beat, Marat doles out small nibbles of pleasure, like strokes of wind chimes and funky piano work. He didn't invent this kind of track that calls out to be played at dusk on the beach, but he improves it by a long shot. It plants a flag for where electronic music is now and where it can go twisting and shifting its DNA until it emerges as a different organism. It takes some patience to get there alongside it. 14 minutes is a long time. But by the time you come out on the other side, you'll be in a better place. Enjoy those 14 minutes. This is the Paradise Delay podcast on Fresh FM.
Since starting learning about and making electronic music, I feel like the quality of my life has improved. Whereas I was quite um, lethargic and depressed at times before, learning about and being passionate about something has given me a sense of purpose and feeling of improving at something gives me great satisfaction. Not only that, but contributing to this podcast has opened up a new world to me and I've learned so much in the process. Not only the technical side of things, but also um, yeah, things that have helped me in my life in general. I've learned about my strengths and more importantly my weaknesses. And I've learned how to overcome some mental barriers in the creative process and in my real life. I have also experienced creative flow. When I enter what is termed as creative flow, ideas seem to jump out of nowhere and time passes in the click of a finger. I can be working at something and come out two or three hours later completely ravenous, having not eaten and completely forgotten about it and missing two or three calls from my mother. Sorry, mum. Uh, it feels like you've entered a meditative state. And actually, there's a lot of scientific evidence to say that you have. The flow state, I'm going to get technical here, be prepared. The flow state is essentially a neurobiological phenomenon, one that scientists are only starting to begin to understand the mechanics of. When we enter it, our brains transition from reducing the fast-moving beta brain waves that define normal waking consciousness. And they move to a state between alpha waves, which are often associated with daydreaming, and theta waves that typically occur during REM sleep, rapid eye movement. At the same time, the brain experience creative flow will also go into a state where the prefrontal cortex, the centre of our higher cognitive function and the home of our sense of self temporarily deactivates. The result is that the parts of our brain that are most responsible for impulse control and critical thought, the parts that make us experience feelings like anxiety and self-doubt, go quiet leaving ideas free to cascade without our internal filters getting in the way. Pretty crazy. Now, when entering the flow state for the first time, you come out of it feeling amazing. Uh, but there's almost like this pressure to do it again. The next time you sit down to work on a creative piece, uh, you might find that the expectation to enter the flow state can almost inhibit getting there. You can be hit by what many of us call creative block, where having entered the flow state before you can sit down, and it, sorry, before we're having entered the flow state easily and it's come naturally and you've, you've done a lot of work, you sit down again and it won't come to you. And it's almost like a mental barrier where your ego and your expectation to enter this flow state and produce and it paralyzes you from even starting. The critical part of your mind is overpowering this conscious mind 
and it is this fear of failure that stops you from even beginning and instead you start looking around the room find yourself doing your washing or dusting your bookshelf you know doing some chores and being like okay I'll come back to it rather than confront this fear of failure and it's it's not an easy thing like seriously it's really difficult but there are techniques to get past and make this situation easier and there is a technique where you're faced with writer's block or creative block in a sense where you can purposely try to fail and it's when you start writing or you start creating something and you don't even think about it you just start doing something and you're kind of setting yourself up to failure which is fine and you might do something ridiculous like write a story about Christopher Luxon um, stealing Jacinda Ardern's egg and mayonnaise sandwiches for instance and starting off something as ridiculous as that is a good place to get started because I mean doing something as ridiculous as that it's it's almost impossible to fail um yeah once I've been writing or creating music and have something down on my page my inhibitions leave and my thoughts clear and it almost feels as natural as breathing now this doesn't happen every time sometimes the creative process can be frustrating and I'm sitting there and it feels like you're just banging your head against a wall um but there are ways to make it easier and the interesting thing is that once I've done the creative flow and I've just let those ideas run and I've just got words down on the page and I've just completely verbal diarrhea just putting down my consciousness on the page not really thinking, not trying to be critical about it once I have that, then the next day I can come back and use the critical part of my brain to read through and kind of look at it from the perspective of an audience in such a way that I take my ideas and I make them more palatable for someone who would like to listen to it. And I, I guess it's similar to the term write drunk, edit sober, which I know a few authors were keen on. And it's it, to be truthful, when I first started writing the podcast, I had such anxiety and such mental block and the critical part of my brain just stood in the way of me contributing anything at all. And... So I would drink a few beers to inhibit the critical voices in my head and get words down on the page. And obviously I don't recommend this. Um, this can be very dangerous, I think, when you're doing something creative to be reliant on something that's addictive and um, a drug. But it did get me through that at the start, um, but I don't give it credit for everything. Um, now I'm comfortable writing sober and entering this flow state drug-free. And what's, what's really interesting about the flow state is people in business are now using it. Our CEOs and companies are trying to use it to get an edge up on the competition and are investing a big chunk of cash in achieving this. Whereas artists and particularly musicians on the other hand have known about creative flow for a long time. Not to mention how to get there for much cheaper. Nokando, a rapper, says when it's going good, it's like a faucet and the ideas are running like water. 
His renowned talents as a freestyle artist have earned him a reputation as one of the strongest battle rappers in the game, with a world championship title to prove it. In his opinion, anyone is capable of getting into the flow, but some people are just better at finding the zone. He says, for some reason I'm able to grab the water easier. Just imagine running water and a long line of buckets. I'm just able to get it to it quicker and organise it faster. And that's his take on it. For Jeff Parker, who is a jazz guitarist and musician and composer, and has also done a lot of DJing and electronic music, he, for him, flow is kind of like a snowball rolling down the hill. It keeps getting bigger and bigger, and it seems like it can't stop. He says it's like when you look into two mirrors, and the image keeps making a new one, and it goes on forever. The benefits of getting into a musical flow are numerous and varied. Studies show that the flow state doesn't just improve creativity in the moment, it can actually have long-term effects. So this goes against what Nakando the rapper says. He says, the more the studies show that the more we flow, essentially, the easier it gets to get into that state, and the more creative and productive we are. Jeff Parker goes on to say more about flow, saying that the improvisation is a way to get to a deeper level of honesty in his music. It's raw, he says. But he says, honestly, probably 98% of the time it's not very good. I think most improvising musicians will tell you that. It's not easy. It's a thing that you stay committed to because when it's really good, it's a transcendent experience for everyone involved. You can feel it in the audience, and it's worth it to wade through all the muck so you get to the really good stuff. He says when it's happening, there's nothing like it. So what's the secret to getting into the flow? Well, according to these musicians, basically it comes down to practice and preparing yourself to be creative. Nokando, the battle rapper, says, I believe some people more naturally have edges on other people. If you're a really talkative person with a lot of bright ideas, you'd probably be good at freestyling. But I think what separates someone who's good and someone who's great, it's a hell of a lot of practice. And that's practice to get into the creative flow. So before I go on to the mental health benefits of creative flow, and not just my own, but some studies about it, I'm going to play a song called Sweet for Max Brown by Jeff Parker. The guy's done jazz, hip-hop, electronic music. He's basically covered all bases. The song's not technically electronic music, but it just has such a like laid-back groove. I just couldn't not play it. The song called Sweet for Max Brown was inspired by Parker's time as a DJ. He was spinning records one night, and for about 10 minutes, he was able to perfectly sync up a Nobukazu Takimura record with the first movement of John Coltrane's A Love Supreme. And he says it has this free jazz, abstract jazz thing going on, with a sequence beat underneath. It sounded so good, that's what I'm trying to do with this song, Man vs. Machine. While his electric guitar remains a highlight, Parker builds out a fast-slashing range of ideas using dozens of other sounds and instruments, most of which he plays himself. They're desperate in colour and texture, 
pronounced and often short, each one alboring or sliding its way in front of one before it, impatient to steal the show. As a player and composer, Parker shines throughout. As an arranger, he catches fire. This is Jeff Parker, Sweet for Max Brown. Enjoy the swagger. This is a Paradise Delay podcast.
Welcome back to the Paradise Lay podcast. You're here with Ben. Um, yeah, we've been discussing creative flow. And yeah, artists often describe the flow state, creative flow state, as a kind of high. And in fact, from a strictly neurochemical perspective, its effects aren't substantially different from the ones produced by other means. While in a flow state, the brain floods itself with large quantities of dopamine, endorphins, serotonin, serotonin and the so-called bliss molecule, anadamide. Pretty cool, pretty interesting, maybe. Um, and the interesting thing is being creative can increase positive emotions and entering this creative flow. It can reduce depressive symptoms and anxiety and improve the function of our immune system. And the Journal of Positive Psychology supports these findings, stating that spending time on a creative goal during the day is associated with higher activated positive effect. And this positive effect refers to positive moods people experience, including joy, happiness and optimism. Expressing ourselves through creative and artistic activities can help to relieve stress and anxiety, lessen shame, anger and depression after experiencing a traumatic event. Using our creativity, we can also practice releasing and letting go of what could potentially become toxic to our mind, heart, soul and body. Whether it's through written words, physical or artistic movements such as interpretive dance, um, watercolour paints, acrylic paints, intuitive drawings, or playing the triangle. All of these techniques help us to access the powerful tool of our mind and the imagination to heal ourselves. And creativity puts us in a flow state, meaning we can become focused with optimal attention on a task or activity. When we're in the zone, it can feel euphoric and we become more mindful and relaxed. This flow state in part of creativity allows us to feel more positive and cultivates a sense of accomplishment. And I've definitely felt that. Um, it's great. It's interesting. And yeah, it's quite unique. Um, there was a man, I forget his name now, but he looked into, he did a study on all the creative famous artists. And he interviewed them, talked to them about their creative process. And what they all came back with was the link between them all was this creative flow state that they entered and they were all really good at entering it. And yeah, it's just so interesting uh, that you can learn about this creative process and maybe not only is it beneficial for your mental health, but it's, I don't know, it's really fun, I guess. I really enjoy it. Um, me, myself, I have some perfectionist qualities. I can be quite critical, quite analytical. I was always good at maths in school. And this kind of thought process has helped me a lot in life. But it has also made me quite critical of myself. I mean, it's a double-edged sword. I'm quite critical of myself. I can be critical of others. And at times I have I've been quite judgmental as well. And I guess trying to open up this creative side of myself and into creative flow and kind of strengthen another part of my brain 
um, has helped me overcome some of these qualities in a sense. And I feel like I've become a more rounded individual, which is nice. And yeah, getting past this perfectionist quality, it benefits me a lot, I think. Just learning to let things go and just being okay if something's not entirely perfect. Because it's so hard to enter the creative flow if you're already expecting it to be perfect. You'll be paralyzed by, an, I think it's called paralysis by analysis. And it's interesting because when I first started, I thought it was about creating a good product. And I think this is a mentality a lot of people have. You know, you want something good at the end of it. Whereas now I realize that the end product is just a byproduct of the creative process and that the creative process in itself is the rewarding part. Yeah, it's interesting. And yeah, I've seen my mental health improve dramatically and that's why I wanted to talk about it on the podcast and just, you know, just open up that discussion to listeners and maybe you'll find it interesting and there's, there's a beautiful thing about the internet. There's a wealth of knowledge about it. And so... Maybe a hundred years ago, if you're into something creative, you would have had to figure this out yourself. Whereas there's so much information now, you can look at famous artists and how they go about their creative process. Pick ones that you like and just try and mimic what they do. So, yeah, that's the end of the podcast. Uh, It's been really nice to talk about this. I think it's something I'm definitely passionate about and something I would like to go into in more detail at some point. So this has been me on the Paradise Lay podcast on Fresh FM, home of locally grown podcasts. Um, definitely go check them out. They're on the freshfm.net, accessmedia.nz app. And yeah, Fresh FM's a great place. Go check out other podcasts and really explore what your local community is creating in itself. Yeah, so be kind to one another. Go give a dog a belly rub. The podcast you just listened to was a live recording of a radio show, first broadcast on Fresh FM with support from New Zealand On Air. Fresh FM is a community access media station based in Te Tauihu, the top of the South Island, New Zealand. The funding of Access Media makes these podcasts possible. To find similar programs by other community access media stations, go online to accessmedia.nz. If you or your group would like to know more about how you can have a program on our station, please contact us. Visit our website freshfm.net for our contact details.